Do you have a child or other family member who has a developmental disability who's aging out of school or other services? Then you might need some guidance, and that's what we'll be talking about today. Hello, and welcome to Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Joining me now is Deborah Freed. She is the founder of Adult Independent Services, and she has helped for you to navigate the system. Thanks so much for joining us, Deborah. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. Your daughter has developmental disabilities, and that's what got you involved in all of this. Tell us about it. Yes, so my daughter is going to be 25, uh, but when she was little, she was diagnosed with, with some medical as well as intellectual and developmental disabilities. So it's really challenging working with the school systems from elementary school to middle school to high school, trying to navigate what services she may need, how to get them, um, what her plan may look like when she got to high school, and furthermore, what her plan, what her life was going to look like after high school. And it's very scary because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring, um, and you don't know what their future is going to look like. Uh, just because there's so many things that you have to maneuver through and trying to figure out what, what you can do once they graduate high school. That is so true because so many parents true. don't realize, they don't think about the future like that. They might just think about, let's just get through today, let's just get through tomorrow, and all of a sudden they aged out of services. And there are services available, but they may not know how to access them, correct? Correct, yes. And that's my really what my goal is. I started, I founded the company because it's very challenging to, to network and pave the pathway, you know, for the future and try and figure out what services, because a lot of kids have services offered to them through the school systems if they're going to a public school. And then once they reach the age of 18, a lot of the services tend to end. And then you got to figure out how to navigate the system to figure out how you can get the adult funded services to begin. And that's where the challenge comes because while they're sitting in school, they're getting all these things right, right at their fingertips that are coming to the classrooms, they're getting pulled out, they're getting special things. And then um, that, that number 18, and the really challenging part is when they become an adult, because you know once they become an adult, in, this, in the eyes of the law, you, they can make their own choices, they can sign their name on their own stuff without a parent. Um, and that's one of the big challenges, because when you have someone that's very intellectually or developmentally disabled, it's very hard for them to make important life-making decisions on their own. So it's really important to try and get either some type of um, insure, uh, power of attorney or guardian or something, you know, where you can actually continue to help them as they get older. Yeah, I mean, it's so crazy to me that number, 18, like they're, like they're an adult and they can just go out on their own. Most of the time, they're not even close to ready for that, even if they do not have developmental disabilities. And yet, as parents... We almost are giving up sort of our, our rights or, you know, uh, authority over them in the government's eyes, which right. I just think 18 is just too young. And most parents will agree. You know, I mean, my, my son's in college and he's 18 and I can't even get information or he's, he's actually in his 20s now. But when he turned 18, I couldn't get any information from his college without his permission. And I said, is his name on the check? No, it is not. <laughs> so parents go through this right. all the time. So uh, for a child with developmental disabilities, it is even a bigger issue and you have to get guardianship. Tell us about that. How's that work? So depending on how how severely someone is actually disabled, whether, you know, what, what, what which really comes down to a level because if someone can make some decisions and they're confident, you know, and they just need some guidance, but, you know, they're, they're intellectually challenged where they're not, you know, doing well in school where they're pulled out for certain subjects. They, so they need maybe a power of attorney over there just to help them with financials and help them with medicals. If someone's completely 
severely, you know, um, disabled, and they may not be able to make any decisions for themselves, and you might need guardianship. There's a lot of different avenues you can you can go down. It's just a matter of which way or how developmentally or intellectually your your loved one may be for which avenue you may go down. And that's why I can help guide that as well. And then once you go down and you get some of those things done, well, then, you, then you're able to make the phone calls on their behalf. You're able to make the call the doctor's offices on their behalf and get all the paperwork because without all of the records in front of you, it's really hard to move on to adult state-funded services because we need those records in order to apply for these services. And that's what you do. That's where you're sort of the link between these services and the parent or guardian. What's the first step? How, where does someone even begin? How do you start? The first step is what I try and tell a lot of my families is start accumulating your paperwork. You have to have, from a young age, a documented developmental intellectual disability that had to be documented on a, in a young age that really impacted their day-to-day life. So they um, will look for all that paperwork. Um, so then also all the IEP programs, because if you have someone that's in the school system, usually they have an IEP program that helps them get through their daily days of school. Mm-hmm. Um, so start accumulating that. It's really helping them prepare for the transition that's gonna take place after. So once you have all your paperwork accumulated, then you should start looking at the magic age of 18. So. You know, do you have any type of guardianship or power of attorney or supported decision maker to help them make these very important life decision, life decisions, mm-hmm. I should say life altering decisions. Yes. And then what are they getting right now while they're in school or even after school? And do you want these services to continue on as they're an adult? Because the tricky part is, is a lot of the services stop at 18, but the adult services don't begin until 21. But you can apply for adult services at 18 and then you get retroactively put back into the adolescent one. So it's a very complicated process that parents have to go through in order to continue these services. That just makes zero sense to me. <laughs> I don't know, I mean, I don't know a whole lot about it, but that just does not make any sense. If you age out at 18, the adult services should start at 18, it seems, but that's very difficult. Right. Yeah, Right. okay, it's whatever, it's, it's the government, but there are services available, there are programs and so forth. Correct. Give us an idea of what some of those are. So some of the programs are independent living or as independent as possible you can live, whether you have a supervised apartment or an apartment where staff comes in eight to 10 hours a day, or they come in and they just check on you for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, Some of the other services are therapies. So you can do speech or even occupational or behavior therapy, or uh, my daughter has horseback therapy. So every Friday she sits and rides a horse. Um, And then what some of the other wonderful things are companions. They're, they're around the same age. They come in, they take you out for the day. They'll take you to get your nails done. But they also have life skills teaching, how to manage money, how to pay for your nails or your hair or, or lunch or breakfast, how much you should leave for a tip, how to figure out what the tip's going to be. So it's really a, like a sense of empowering our loved ones to feel as independent as they can in the community um, as an adult. You know, and it's really challenging because you don't think of like that when they're in junior in high school and they're like, I've cried. What's going to happen? What's yeah, of be? course. What's my daughter's life? Absolutely. But now my daughter can have a job with a job coach, transportation. There's so many number. Uh, you can do uh, learning uh, classes. They do art. You can learn um, uh, technology skills. There are so many things available. Um, it's just 
takes about you know thousands of pages of teams like a paperwork and the you know and, and a direction to get there because it's mm-hmm. all all comes down to documentation, making sure you have everything put together, yeah. how to apply, make it eligible, and then it's all about the verbiage, how you're going to write it down. You know, if you write down you only needed this one day a week, then they may not give it to you. You know, yes, they yes. make it very challenging, but it's extremely rewarding. Well, that is why you are doing what you do because. It is overwhelming, and but I, I have to say, I'm surprised to hear about all these services. That is tremendous that they're available, but you just need to be able to access them. And without the proper documentation, as you said, you're not going anywhere with this. You really need to make sure you cross your T's and dot your I's with it. So what do you do when a parent comes to you or a guardian, uh, they have someone that they're taking care of, and they're just like, well, I don't know where to begin. How do we start? Now that they've accumulated their paperwork, but you sit down with them and talk about their needs? Yes. So it's a very tricky, there's a lot of steps, I should say, involved in the process. So one of them is when they are adolescents and getting services, you don't need um, Medicaid, whereas an adult, you actually do need to have Medicaid in order to apply. So one of the challenges, I make sure they accumulate all the paperwork. So we know what the exact diagnosis is and what the doctor's um, office summaries, you know, and every time they go with the summaries say, um, and then they really need to figure out if they have all the other pieces of paper, for, like the criteria they needed, whether it's Medicaid, whether it's a state ID or, or voter registration card, because they need to have proof that they actually live in the state of New Jersey. So there's a lot of intellectual and developmental loved ones like my daughter. She didn't have a voter registration card or a state ID because we I, I just didn't think she was ever going to drive. Yeah. So when going through the process, you had to have proof. So it was more yes. than just you know, a phone bill or, you know, showing them my medical card that she, you know, that we are her parents. So th- it, those take steps too, because sometimes, you know, going to the DMV could take hours one day you mm-hmm. know, and applying for Medicaid or Social Security. That could take months. So that's why I'm really trying to kickstart the early beginning. Yes now because get people of, thinking you know while they're in high school right because yeah. it could take months months mm-hmm. or something and guardianship too isn't that a legal process you have to go to court that's it is a legal process power of attorney is not a legal process so and in, in appointing a supported decision maker is also not a legal process so it really comes down to you know the diagnosis of your loved one and in, in the in the type of developmental or intellectual disability in which they have will determine which way you go work to help them for you to become a supportive decision maker for them. But it's a process because you do have paperwork or sometimes judges are involved or attorneys are involved, or it's just a matter of she's high functioning, but she needs help managing her money and her doctors. So I could appoint, let's say my sister hypothetically and say, in writing, I'm going to support, she's going to be my decision maker. So she can now have access to all my doctors and my banking account, you know, so mm-hmm. it all depends how, how, how high or low functioning your loved one is, but we'll determine which, which way you go. Now your message is you're trying to get people to think about this early, even in, even in grade school, if your kid's in grade school, because this documentation is gold. That is the key to getting these services that you need once they've aged out of it. And you're, uh, goal and your mission is to try to get into the schools and talk to parents, correct? So what yeah. are you doing with that? So right now I'm actually working with a couple of high schools right now. Each high school you need to get board approved. You know, there's a lot of the steps to get involved in order to work with students anyway today. 
um, yes. safety concerns and guidelines and laws and stuff like that. So in the meantime, I am working with some of the schools. I try and attend a lot of the support education, uh, support education parent advert advisory group meetings. Um, and it, that's really sitting down and meeting the parents and, you know, just introducing myself, but I'm doing a lot of outside activities where I have some of the libraries. I book many events coming up in the next few months mm -hmm. in the local libraries around Atlanta County, as well as um, one of the gymnastic places also is giving me one of their facility, one of the rooms for the day. So we're going to do like an open gym. So I'm trying to get as many parents in Atlanta County as, as possible just to come out and also gives them an opportunity to meet each other. You know, it's great when you have camaraderie and you have you can advocate. Yes, for yes, really, yes, yes. That's really know. very important because sometimes you feel all alone, especially in this process of trying to help your child and, and which direction do you turn? It's sometimes so difficult to navigate big government programs. So that's where you come in to help people. And I'm sure that parents have found it rewarding after you've been able to assist them. Right. I should kind of break it down. Thank you. Um, you know, to make it more as a one step at a time versus handing them an application that's 26 pages long and said, here you go. You know, it's really a lot of step by step, one thing at a time. But now, thank God, working with the schools, you know, the steps can go a little bit slower because they're still they're still in school. It's challenging yes. when they get out of school um, because also the things need to be filed. Um, you must have an intellectual developmental disability and you must, it must be documented before the age of 22 as well. Okay. So you can't get diagnosed at an older age and expect to get services. Is that how that works? There's other government services that you can get that will help out. There are some other places in the area. It just mm -hmm. won't be through the Department of Developmental Disabilities because of that is when you had to have a lifeline lifelong developmental disability and had to be documented before the age of 22. I see. Wow. You know a lot about this stuff because you've done it. You've lived it and you've helped your daughter. And how is she doing now? She's doing really well. Thank you. She's got a job, the job coach and therapy and companions. And she just told me today that her agency, the complex is going to have a huge Halloween party. So they're all going to dress up. So she's going out with all of her friends. And I oh. wonder if she's got camaraderie. You know, she has That's... a life amazing so. yes and she's living independently uh, on her own and that's just amazing because i bet at one time in your life you thought hmm, i'm not sure if that's ever going to happen and what's very depressing and very which causes a lot of anxiety is they see their friends or their siblings move on with their life and they go out and get jobs or they go away to school and they get their license and they're never home but when you have a child sitting there looking in through a glass house and watching the whole world move on without them it becomes very challenging and very depressing for them. So right now, when you can get them out and get all these services, they can live their best life, you know, and they can have a sense of self-worth and be as independent as possible. That breaks my heart to hear that because we all want the best for our children. And I think they may not realize it at a young age, but as they get older, they start to realize that they're different. And different is, is not always bad. But as you said, when they see everybody else doing all these things that we expect to be the norm, at a certain age, all of a sudden they do realize it. And it can it can probably lead to a lot of depression, a lot of issues, possibly even drug or alcohol use, I'm sure, and some children if it's not taken care of. Right. And it's yeah. hard, especially 
it's it's to balance everything to you know don't you wish there was five of you or six of you so you could be everywhere at one time <laughs> absolutely oh yeah i don't know if my husband would want any more of me but <laughs> someone else telling him to take out the trash but absolutely yeah I be, because you do feel like you just don't have enough time as as a mom of of whether your kid has developmental disabilities or not moms right. let's face it i don't want to be sexist but not much of it still falls on the mother, arranging the doctor appointments and so forth. Not everyone, don't get mad at me, anybody, but many times. Yeah. Let's just let's just generalize. <laughs> it does right. still fall to the mother. And whether the, whether your spouse or your or your loved one or whoever is you know your significant other wants to do it, but sometimes the kids are like, no, 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 we want her to do it. You know, so yeah. Even even when you don't, even when they you know they volunteer, they still don't want you. Like yeah, just, yeah. Well, that's true. That is so true. You know, everybody always wants their mommy, and that's that's for sure. So, and you are being such a fantastic mom with your daughter and helping other people, and that is just tremendous, Deborah. So, someone's listening or watching. Where can they go to find out more? So the where they can go directly to my website, which is www.adultindependentservices.com. You can always email me at deborah.freed at adultindependentservices.com um, or, uh, or, or my number, sorry. Um, and I can't read my own card, I'm sorry. 954-541-7765. All right, that is great. Thank you so much, Deborah. I really appreciate it. And it's such a, a valuable, important service that you're providing for people. So I'm glad that we had this chance to chat. Again, Deborah Freed from Adult Independent Services, and that's adultindependentservices.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. And thank you for being with me for Living Well with Robin Stoloff, empowering you to live a healthier life. Hope to see you again next time. Until then, keep living well.